Preparation Move podcast. My name is Zoe and I'm here with Kate. Hello. And this week we are excited to be talking about events because next weekend is the uh, Melbourne Running Festival, which is always so much fun. It is. It's super exciting. It's one of my favourites and it's probably, well, it's really the only event I'm doing all year. That's how much I love it. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I'm going to be down in... Uh, Melbourne from Friday to Monday which is awesome because often I hate it in the in the past when I've had to sort of there was one one year I'm pretty sure where I uh, flew down on uh, maybe it was a Friday or the Saturday or maybe it was the Saturday but I know that I had to fly back on the Sunday after I'd run a marathon I never (laughs) oh I feel like that was one of our first events that we did I feel like that was a few years ago because I just had in my time hop today come up um, all these photos from two years ago when we had a full-on weekend in the city and I remember we went to Pancake Parlor for breakfast and did all this really nice stuff on the Monday before you left Ah, so it wasn't that year (laughs) it wasn't 2014 I know that I have a feeling it was maybe 2013 or it could have been also just last year yeah yeah, you did have to skid off early last year too, didn't you? I think so. Which, yeah. you know, so, yeah, so it's nice. Um, this year I'm going to go uh, down on Friday night to Ballarat so I can do the Ballarat Park Run on I'm so jealous. <laughs> That'll be so much fun. Which will be heaps of fun. And then uh, then I'll be in the in the city after that which is so nice to because you know it's so hard to see everyone you want to see and you know do all of that kind of stuff because it is a big operation move event usually it is and when you've got you know there are, we've got so many people we've got people who've been around for a really long time we've got people who are new to us this year we've got some of our fantastic new learn to runners who will be there and will be really keen to chat with you i'm sure and, and yeah, no got, no pressure <laughs> <laughs> we've got um yeah people some people from the uh training groups and you know some quite a few people from far and fast so it's going to be loads and loads of fun i have not officially decided what i'll actually be running because i can't uh change over my marathon um on email or the phone i have to go down to the expo to do it and Mm. i know that the half marathon is close to being sold out and also i'm not really sure how much i want to run that far Mm. i enjoy the distance but i have just been running um uh like my long run has been about 12 kilometers so you know it'd be easy enough to do but the 10k has a lot of awesome people in it too so I'll just see yeah it sure does and I guess that's the thing if you have to change it on the Saturday anyway you can kind of just go there and see how you're feeling on the day and say oh yeah that looks like a fun one <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so uh, so yeah so this week we were going to talk a little bit about um you know a lot of people at this time of year are kind of looking to next year and what they're pl- going to be planning and they're kind of interested to know you know what are events that we've really enjoyed and you know probably also events that maybe we haven't enjoyed as as much and for whatever reason you know what has the best atmosphere all of that kind of stuff yeah that's a really good one I think and for me I have a few standouts in terms of what I've loved and I have one clear standout like there's only one event that I've ever really 
massively not enjoyed and that was probably the third half I ever ran, which used to be called the Suzanne Fun Run. It's in December in St Kilda. December is such a fun time to run a half marathon. Yeah, and it was, you know, on this wide open tarmac basically and and that was the first year they offered a half and they just doubled the 10 and it's like the night before they've gone, oh, we need another kilometre. So they threw in a dog leg somewhere and it was hot and it was painful and I'd done my ankle the week before so like a sensible person decided to run 21 kilometres on it and it was just and I remember I passed a few of our movers Taz and Emily and all of us were just like oh this is the actual worst and it was probably just you know a combination of things on that particular day adding up to it being not fun I'm sure as an event now it's fine but oh my gosh it was painful it was horrible yeah I've run a 50k in I'm not sure if it was if it was November or December that year but either way it and there's a big difference between, say, you know, you think, oh, it's flat and it's, you know, on the road. So that's, you know, relatively pleasant, but it also means it's exposed, you know, yeah. as opposed to, you know, if um, the times that I've done, like I did that, like a 25K trail, but you got a lot of trees there. There's a lot of coverage, even if it's really hot and you can really underestimate the difference that shade oh, can, can make. And running on the road in summer, you've got all the reflected heat coming back up at you as well. And it's, yeah. And I mean, even considering, you know, I'm in Victoria, so my heat is a bit different to your heat. But, and December's not even necessarily that hot. I think it was only low 20s. But the combination of there was a hot headwind and the heat coming off the tarmac was just horrible. And they ran out of water at the water stations <laughs> at about 14Ks. And I remember thinking, I might just die. Like, I might just die on this course and it will be terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think probably uh, the worst run that I've ever done was uh, probably nothing to do with the run. It was I had accidentally run done. Uh, I think it was an eight k while being very anemic, and I just felt like I was going to die. <laughs> yeah. For most of it, it was pretty. It was pretty nasty, and I think for me, probably the things that I really enjoy. Uh, where they do actually, if it is on the road, they do actually close off the road because there have been ones I've done where the pathways are still open to, you know, pedestrians and other traffic and everything like that. And I think it just can take away from the atmosphere a bit and particularly if you get to a hard bit and you're kind of just running along and there's like people having their coffee and having their picnics, it's a bit demotivating. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be tempting to just stop and say, can I have a sandwich, please? (laughs) And, And, you you know, when it's... It's not clear, you know, like all the time who's running and who's participating and who's not participating. You can lose some of that sort of camaraderie and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think whereas in terms of my favourites, I think I'd have to say Great Ocean Road half, which I've done twice, has been my favourite. And it's the one that if I was having the baby any late, any earlier than I am, I would be looking at for next year and I think I'll have to wait until the year following. But I just – it's one thing that I'm really looking forward to and getting back to running is to do that run again because it's just stunning. It's just the prettiest run I've ever done, I think. And both times I've done it, I've had great company and I've enjoyed the scenery and, it, and the camaraderie at that particular event is spectacular. Yeah, and it's 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 end-to-end, which is nice too. Like I quite like that on a run. Like sometimes the logistics of it are hard when you're starting one place and finishing another place. Um, 
but I think that it does make it feel a lot more interesting the whole way because you're not sort of looping back at any stage there certainly aren't any laps yeah and for me because it's a hilly one too and both times I trained for that where I lived there was some hill but not you know great so I didn't have any big expectations of myself in terms of time it was more about getting through it. and both times I did it comfortably and felt you know like I'd trained appropriately for it but going in without any oh I want to do it in this time frame meant that I could just enjoy the scenery enjoy the company and I just loved it and also because it's 23 kilometers so you know it's not one that you would necessarily be pacing for 21 because you still got two kilometers yeah. to go and I think one year I did um I did run it relatively fast and I remember like the last two kilometers felt like about 10 yeah <laughs> and I remember I came in from that one I ran with one of our friends and I remember coming at the end and my kids were there and they said oh Zoe finished ages ago and I looked at her and I thought I bet I had more fun though <laughs> I mean that one was um I accidentally ate some oily pizza the night before which was not a good good plan with that one but I actually in terms of like I probably ended up finishing like the 21 kilometer portion in about you know I think it was like 201 or something like that Mm. and I'd had to stop for a toilet break in the middle and so I got to the end of that and I thought I'm very very pleased with that and it was not um like probably the last bit where I was kind of attempting to make up some time that was probably a bit of a hard effort but for the most part I think that the hills don't impact you as much as you think they will because you know you get to go downhill as well it's you know I you know out of all of the probably out of all of the half marathons that I've done that have been around about the uh the two hour mark or under that's probably one of my favorites even though (laughs) the pizza was a poor choice (laughs) yeah live and learn though live and learn yeah I think that's the run that taught me that actually I far preferred the idea of um a hilly run than a flat one even if it meant that whatever weird time things I used to carry around in terms of you know goal times and pbs and stuff which I look a long time ago but you know, I think it's the run that told me that actually the joy of hills, the going up and down in that motion is something that I personally way prefer to flat. And then having run the Gold Coast half um, shortly after last year, that really cemented that for me. Mm. I mean, it is, there is something about those super flat runs where it's really, like it's just unrelenting, you know, and particularly, you know, where I live, where it's quite hilly. And it's not like, it's not, you know super super mountainous but it's a continual up and down you know so um and occasionally there'll be you know larger hills where you're going up for a kilometer or so but for the most part it's you know you're going up for a few hundred meters and then you're going down for a few hundred meters and it's just sort of quite nice like like that but it can leave you entirely unprepared for the fact that there's no relief point when you are running on the flat yeah, there's no downhill when there's no uphill. Yeah, exactly. And so that, I think that um, with the Gold Coast, mentally, that that was actually, 
like on the one hand yes it allowed me to go uh, faster than I would normally go but mentally it was really tough to deal with that level of flatness which is probably why I like um, I really love Melbourne as a course because it is flat but it's not dead flat so you've got no. like you've got a little bit of um little bit of up and down and it's you know um it's probably um it's probably a bit more room to move than um than on the gold coast which can get a bit cramped because it's so popular mm. um and uh yeah like if i'm thinking about my um my favorite run i think that um like I really enjoyed this year. I really enjoyed the um, jetty to jetty. I didn't do the half. I did the 10k, and that was like it's hilly, um, but it's really scenic and you know, really great community sort of vibe. And um, I think probably also my um, other favourite one would probably be. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say in between Great Ocean Road and Melbourne, but I do have a very big soft spot for Melbourne, so Melbourne would probably probably win out. Just yeah, I do love Melbourne's that. great. I live here. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the atmosphere in Gold Coast. I don't think that you can beat the. Um, it's you know when you coming into the the finish on the Gold Coast and you've got so many people there and they can all uh, read your bib so they're all sort of uh, yelling encouragement to you it's fantastic mm, I've been working through some feels about Melbourne the past couple of weeks because we did um, I ran the half marathon three years ago and I think it was my second half it was my fastest half on a course and yeah, I, I tried loved to keep it. up with you for about 5k's and then I was like no yeah. that was the, that was the seven minutes of my life that I was faster than you <laughs> and I'm going to hang my hat on that one for years to come <laughs> but it was just a really you know it was an awesome day it was a beautiful run I really enjoyed it and then the year following that I was meant to be doing the full marathon with you and we just run Sydney and I'd injured myself and so I thought I'd do the half and eventually I ended up doing the 10 with a couple of our other Op movers because I just there was no way I was doing the half and as it turned out doing the 10 with those people was great and then last year again I was looking at doing the half and, and I can't even remember what happened last year I'm pretty sure it was just life stuff um ended up doing the 10 again with two awesome people and ran walked it and loved it and so this year I'm doing the 10 and I've gone into it knowing that I'm walking the whole thing I don't have a choice in that and sadly for these people, but happily for me, I've got a couple of people who will be joining me because they've had their own tough runs the last few months. Um, so, you know, it's kind of the first time I'm going into it with a deliberate plan that this is the event I'm going to do. And I was thinking earlier, I feel like next year, the 10, I'm, I'm going to nail it. That's going to be my target race. Once I'm out and running again, I'm going to actually run the whole 10K at Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny how... Um how events are like that you know like I um I've run the um the marathon for the last I guess it's, I've done it twice now yeah. and I um and I had every intention of running it this year because I have grand plans of eventually being a Spartan member which is what happens uh it's a club you can join once you've run 10 they don't have to be consecutive but um obviously uh, if I did 10 in a row, I'd get there a lot more quickly <laughs> than I would otherwise. Um, and, 
you know, I just really love the, that is definitely my favourite marathon. And then uh, this year after having run four marathons, I think it was, I was like, just, yeah, nah, that's, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And um, so, and it's, and I got sent my, uh, my marathon bib the other week and I looked at it and it was like, and even though there is no part of me that feels like, I want to go off and run the the marathon you still have that twinge like you know like when you see the see the bib and it's not something that I would regret not doing but I certainly have feelings about not doing it yeah I totally understand that I mean the last two years both times I'd received the half marathon bib with my name on it both times I went and handed it over and picked up another bib without my name on it for the 10k and it and I had the same feeling because the half was not what I was able or really wanting to do, but there was just that sense of this isn't what I had planned for myself at this time. Whereas this this year, my um, bibs rocked up. I haven't even opened it yet, to be honest, because I know it says 10K and that's always been the plan and that's my life circumstances at the moment. But I'm excited about maybe next year signing up for the 10K with the intention of running it and training for that and doing it. Yeah, and I mean, it's... Um that is also another cool thing about Melbourne is that they run the 10k on the same day as the half and the full whereas at other events they often do often will do the 10k on the Saturday and so you don't get to sort of have the full experience of everyone you know running at the same on the same day and especially with Melbourne um, you know running into the MCGs it's a pretty iconic Thing and it's, a, it's an experience that you certainly don't have very often in your life. So it's one way to achieve that and enjoy it and kind of soak up the atmosphere of that as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think that um, probably looking looking back on, you know, like all of the, the different runs and, you know, there have been sort of things that I remember because they were, you know, particularly fast or they were a PB or, you know, like I was... I had trained really hard for them or that kind of thing. But the things that I always, will always remember the, the most are always the um, always the social ones. So, you know, they're always like the, the Great Ocean Road ones or um, the um, Sydney that we did together, like Gore we did together. Um, I did Jetty to Jetty with Corinne and Dee towards the end. You know, all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's you know it's good to sort of keep in mind when you're going into it you know like um if you are going to have a social run then know that from the get-go so you're not sort of like attempting to kind of like oh I'm just running with this person but I'm also going to drag them along (laughs) with three pace or whatever or whatever it is or if you're going to have a um a fast run you know then Oftentimes, if I was sort of aiming for a PB run, then I might not do something like Melbourne because it is uh, such a big social thing that I would probably, you know, um, not be as focused as I might be if I could just go off and, um, you know, sort of do it on my own, I guess. Yeah, I think that's what I'm most looking forward to this weekend, actually, because the, well, two of the women who I did the 10K with Last year, I'll be enjoying their company again this time, and my partner has wisely decided not to run it, having not run in a while. <laughs> so, you know, he'll be wandering along with us as well, and that social aspect is 
fantastic and it just and it, that's the they're the days when you kind of realize what our community is and talking to the women who we work with who are you know amazing wonderful women that's the greatest gift for me is having that time with them and you know just getting to hang out and get to know them and whether that's running whether it's walking whatever it'll be a fun day yeah absolutely and you know like you can you know you can go out and you can run fast any day of the week you know like it's not it doesn't have to be your primary primary focus with an event you know particularly with an event where you're kind of seeing other people and you've got and you're going away and you've got a lot of other things going on can just be can take away from your enjoyment sometimes um whereas if you're just going out there to have fun and be social then you know uh, it's can be a lot more enjoyable you're a lot more likely to be able to stop and take a picture every now and then (laughs) enjoy Mm. the crowds you know talk to other people on the course all of all of that sort of stuff I mean I was talking to some people in fire and fast this week and definitely you can get a bit of that kind of um you can lose a bit of mojo in the in the week before I think because you're just kind of looking like you know everything's about the event in a week and I know myself <laughs> I have been absolutely dragging myself out of bed in the in the morning and I haven't really uh wanted to wanted to do much because I'm kind of like eh, well I've got this big thing on at the end of the week anyway and you know all of that kind of stuff but I think it's probably just your body's natural way of making sure you stay fully rested <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. going with anyway and if you're following a training plan that includes a, you know, three-ish week taper, by the third week you're losing the plot anyway. Like when you've been <laughs> yes. training hard for an event and you hit that point where you slow down and you're suddenly thinking, what am I meant to do with all these hours I suddenly have in my day? That that can really mess with your head. And particularly if you're kind of um, used to it as a mental health thing for time on your own and just you know like out there in the fresh air it can certainly sort of throw you off and you know like I've even found that now that I'm generally running uh, three times a week instead of four or five and you know even with that like I can I can feel that there are times when I would be just like, yeah, but now is a good time to go for a walk because it's it's not something that I would normally do because I'd normally be running every other day. But when I'm not doing that, I kind of just miss that uh, mental space for myself. Yeah. So while we're talking about events, let's talk about some event traditions. Like we've got an event tradition where we do race day nails and I say that looking at my nails and wondering what colour I will do them this weekend. What are your um what are your race day traditions? So I've had I've broken the <laughs> the nail tradition the last few races. No. And it's just because I get the you know, like the shellac on there and it had just because I'd probably run a few too many marathons this year, it had thinned my nails right out and they were just getting, you know, damaged. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to, you know, let them recover a little bit. And I think they are just about recovered. I think that they'll be ready for some nail action in Melbourne, I reckon. Um, so uh, I think that the the flat lay of the gear is a pretty, pretty solid um, pre, pre-race tradition. That's really funny you say that because I was thinking 
this morning while I'm trying to work out also what I'm going to wear on Sunday because at the moment on any given day, some things fit and some things don't. <laughs> so I'm just going to take everything and I got all excited because I thought, oh, I can do a flat lay Saturday night. I haven't done one of them in well over a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely. And that way, you know, like people know what your number is and sometimes they can track you if they want to. I don't know if Melbourne has tracking or not. Um, but, uh, you know, or uh, they can keep an eye out for you on the course, although I'm, we're usually relatively easy to spot. Mm, we're <laughs> <In>, well-branded. <laughs> yes. So um, so that would definitely be one. Um, generally... I think it's – I don't always do it, but generally I like to have one and only one glass of wine before an event. I just find it helps me to sleep better. I don't know if it's a tradition, but I do That's it. That's a nice one. Let's roll with that. That's a good one. <laughs> um, and uh, what, what else? I mean, yeah, there are just so many um, – It's it's a bit like you know how tennis players have all of those idiosyncrasies before they serve or whatever it is they do I think runners are pretty much pretty much the same so um and you can sometimes spot the serious ones because they are clearly before the run you know in the zone doing their stretches and their whatever warm-up they do and they don't make eye contact and they're right into it, which, and I'm laughing because I've done that in the past myself. So, you know, I have been that person and full respect to them. I'm not that person at the moment. So I just, I love seeing it. I just think, you know, good on you. I hope you have the run of your life. Playlist is all, if I'm not, like if I'm running with someone, I won't worry about a playlist uh, because I'm obviously not going to be listening to music while I'm running with someone. Um, But if I'm, planning to be on my own then I will usually spend the night before working out my what my playlist is going to be on Spotify so that's probably another another big one to do do you have a specific thing you eat the day before like dinner yeah I mean which I'm not going to be a <laughs> not going to be having this time normally for, for marathon I would definitely tend to have um gnocchi with a tomato based sauce just because I find you know like it's high carb but it's not as um, I guess not as much wheat as if I if I had just pasta I stay away from all all dairy um, three days three days before which won't be hard now because I'm not having any dairy anyway (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I stay away from, you know, anything that's sort of high fat generally. Some things you can get away with. Like there are times where I find things like, say, um, milk and cream and stuff like this and stuff like that on the dairy scale are probably on my, you know, tend to stay away from. But things like you know like a bit of butter and a bit of ice cream is not going to kill you like Mm. it's more I I guess I'm not exactly sure why I find that but I do sort of um it's just and it's also if you've got like a little bit of a cold you know that dairy can just make you a little bit more um mucousy and Mm. so I would generally try to just have about six meals um the day before so I'm not feeling 
are bloated or I'm not feeling like I'm having like huge meals but I'm just eating continuously which let's face it is my favorite thing to do <laughs> but if um if I'm doing uh those are mainly for sort of longer runs like if if I'm doing something shorter it's less important because like say if I'm doing 10 that's about an hour my muscles have enough stored energy in them for an hour I don't really feel like I'd I mean I think it's always going to be better if you look after the nutrition um, and certainly in terms of you know not having an upset stomach and that kind of that kind of stuff but I think that I would be a lot more kind of diligent with um, with a marathon than necessarily I would be with something shorter. I think it depends as well if you are um, going out there with a goal time or if you're going out for a social run. Like I know for me, uh, whether I would be running fast or at a comfortable pace, that makes a big difference in the food choices I make because if I'm running at a comfortable pace, even if it's for a longer period of time, generally what I eat isn't going to be as much of an issue as if I'm going out fast because that's when I'm going to really feel it. Yeah, I mean as soon as you start going fast, there's um, – obviously you're going to be burning through your energy a lot more quickly and you're also introducing its higher impact to run faster and so that's also the potential that you could upset your stomach you're also more, much uh, easier to get dehydrated and all of those things can sort of come together to create a, something that could go very very wrong and so um, it's a lot more important to sort of look after what you eat so yeah if I'm running if I'm going out for a social run I don't really have to worry about it too much like I never have um after the gore incident I've never had pizza before I run but I did in Sydney because I wasn't I knew I was not going to be running very fast and um I made sure it wasn't super oily (laughs) but you know it's with that kind of thing it's fine because don't I'm not going to be sort of like pushing the boundaries so it's fine to just sort of um sort of eat whatever I did find when I did the Lismore half that I had some fat fudge that morning with um with my coffee and I found it such a good uh fueling option and I was really surprised because I thought yeah this is a bit of a risk because it's really high fat and it could upset my stomach once I start running but um I just felt really, really good the whole way, probably even more so than if I'd had, you know, a really, you know, sort of topped up my carbs in the morning. It was interesting. That is very interesting. And I wonder if as well that's because your body does burn fat more effectively than than carbs, which, you know, is different with all people. Some people burn sugars better than fats and some people fats better than sugars and it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a game as to figuring out what works best for you over time. Yeah, and I also, I have not fully looked into this, but there's something to do with the uh, coconut oil and I think it's like medium chain triglycerides or something. I know it's yep. MCT. I think that's yep. what it stands for. Yeah, no, and you've I got it right. I <laughs> think it's something about um, it providing energy that is immediately accessible by your body that doesn't have to go through a process to become available so that could also be why because I don't make the fat fudge with uh, ghee I make it with coconut oil so ah. um, so that could also be so I find it a really good um, 
pre like if oftentimes if I don't necessarily want to eat before a weight session that can be a really good thing to have before because it's quite small it's not going to upset my stomach and I always feel really good with it so that's definitely something that I'll be sort of um, playing around a bit more also because it just tastes like yummy chocolate to me I mean I know that um, some people find the uh, turmeric has a bit of an overpowering flavor I guess um, but I quite like it because it's sort of you know it's got cacao and it's a bit um, it's a bit spicy and it's a bit nutty I like it I love it and I love that little bit of cayenne in it just that little bit of bite and I see I make mine with um butter because butter mm. I like butter um and I tend to have them I haven't made it in a while because I don't really need more fat right now for the level of activity I'm doing but I would tend to have them after a run or after a really big walk because I will often, even now, you know, I'll get back from a walk and I am starving. And if I have an apple and a piece of that, it hits that spot and, and I feel like I'm actually having some decent nutrients as well instead of maybe just slamming some toast. Yeah, and I mean, I think it can be good for stuff like that. I, I would often have it if I get home and I'm really, really hungry to stop me from eating something. <laughs> that is you know uh it gives me gives me a buffer zone in between okay I'll eat this and then I can make myself whatever I'm gonna have for lunch and it just gives me that buffer zone so I don't kind of go oh here's you know like two packets of corn chips that are in the the cupboard I'll just eat those mindlessly so I can be quite good for um for that too and probably uh the only other uh, race day tradition that I have is coffee beforehand. You know, coffee's a life tradition, though. Yes, it is, and <laughs> I will person. be really because you know where I live. There's nowhere that really makes. I've been having bulletproof coffee because um, not having milk, and but where I live, there's nowhere that actually makes bulletproof coffee. So I just have coffee at home, but going down to the big smoke in Melbourne I could potentially find a place that actually makes bulletproof coffee and I could try somebody else's version which could be fun I don't think you'll have much trouble finding that place actually there are numerous ones around the other thing um, you mentioned before that I think is probably worth touching on is hydration as well because even at and I guess this is one of the differences for me like I was saying before Um, at lower level activity actual nutrition isn't so crucial but at whatever level of activity hydration is crucial and that's something that I think it's really easy particularly if you're doing an easier run or a walk to overlook you kind of think oh well I'm not exerting a whole lot of effort so it's not as important but it actually really really is yeah and I mean this doesn't work for everyone but in the past I have done what I call hyperhydration in the in the lead up which is for the three days leading up I have three liters of water a day which is a lot so much and I can tell when I'm really dehydrated because sometimes it takes a good um you know sometimes my body just absorbs the water and I don't go to the toilet for like for the first 12 hours or something and I'm like yeah I'm dehydrated Mm. (laughs) um but what I do with that what I tend to do with that because the risk with having heaps and heaps of water is you can kind of um sort of flush your system of too many uh, electrolytes so I would tend to have um, a couple of electrolyte tablets in 
that water so that I'm you know maintaining those those levels also again more for a uh, a marathon preparation or a half marathon preparation than a shorter one but it's so easy to underestimate how much uh, better you feel like after going to a water station <laughs> I feel like most of us are a bit dehydrated most of the time to be honest like when um, in MindFit when I'm working with the conscious eating group one of the things that comes up with pretty much everyone is everyone will say, oh, I'm not drinking enough water. And we all say it and then don't do anything to address it. So, and while it's, you know, really a good idea to be dealing with this every day, the reality is most of us probably don't drink anywhere near enough water every day. But coming up to an event where you are going to be on your feet for a long time, it's probably super important to make sure you have that in the back of your mind. Yeah, I mean, probably I go in phases with where I'm really good with water and where I'm really crap with water, but probably the best thing that um, that I've done is just sort of, uh, you know, like tying it to, you know, like either having, a, you know, a water bottle on my desk where I see it or, you know, like putting it near the coffee machine where I will definitely see it. Um or, you know, just having something that I sort of sip on during the day and try to have it as visible, like it's all very well enough to say, oh, I need to have this amount of water a day and then do nothing. But if I have a bottle that's out and visible and I know I have to get through two of those in a day, it's much more likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as long as, you know, people are sensible. I mean, if you're at a point where you're feeling thirsty, you are dehydrated and you need to take care of that ASAP. Um, I had a friend who used to always have a glass of water on the kitchen bench, which I thought, you know, how as if that works. But it kind of does because if you're at home during the day with kids or without kids or working from home, you're going to walk past that numerous times. If you just glance at it and have a sip or a little bit every time you walk past it, that's a really good way to build up over the day as well. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if you, you can even sort of, you can set alert to in the beginning when it's really hard to get into the habit, you can even set alerts on your phone or whatever to just remind you, oh, now is a good time to have a glass of water. Um, I said to somebody who uh, works in an office, like maybe you could have a glass of water every time you get an email and she said I'd never stop drinking <laughs> and I said well maybe maybe like every fifth email or something like that you know like if you can kind of tie it to something something that's going to trigger your memory that you need to be um, having a drink of water then that helps. Yeah, that seems like a really good way to go. I'm very excited about walking through water stations with some of our crew this weekend. I can't wait. Yeah, although, I, full disclosure, I did attempt to tempt Kate away from the 10K so that we could just go to the pancake parlour. <laughs> and do you know what is hilarious? You're not the only person who have done that. I received a message yesterday going... You know, we could go get donuts, and I'm like, you, you, you guys are telling the wrong person. I do not take much tempting at the moment. <laughs> so yes, because um, there's no there's no pancake parlor here, and I'm in Melbourne where there is pancake parlor, and it's one of my favourite places. But nonetheless, I will pick a a distance <laughs> to run that is not definitely not the marathon, and. Um, and then I will just uh, we'll just see. Either way, there's plenty of company because there's plenty of people who are doing the half, and there's plenty of people who are doing the ten. 
Absolutely. All the best people are going to be in Melbourne this weekend. So if you're listening and you haven't actually met any op movers before but you've been listening to the podcast, look out for people in the op move shirts because all of them are super friendly and would be so happy to meet you. And also head into the community group because we're having dinner on uh, Saturday night uh, and you're more than welcome to come by and say hi and have dinner and eat all the things and it doesn't matter you don't have to be running the next day you might just want to come out for dinner you know there's uh, no reason not to um, not to join us and all the details are going to be in the community group so you can just pop in there um, and let us know if you're going to be coming or not. Yeah I'm very sad to be missing the dinner but I'll be living vicariously through Instagram I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure that there will be plenty of photos. Yeah, and I will look forward to catching up with so many people on Sunday. I can't wait. I'll be the one in the OpMove t-shirt that looks fairly well-rounded at the front. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I will be potentially bringing you a slightly larger singlet. I really hope so. (laughs) All my t-shirts are becoming crop tops at the moment. It's such a good look. (laughs) Well, it's just in time for, for summer. Yeah, this is true. I need to get myself some cut-off shorts and I'll be laughing. <laughs> my kids would be horrified. Oh, my, oh bless. Fun times. One of, one of my kids said to me the other day, they said, oh, when you say something and I smack my forehead, that means that I'm embarrassed by you. <laughs> That's I'm like, awesome. thanks for the tip. <laughs> I'm just so tickled that they're, at, they're starting to get to that age where they can potentially be embarrassed. Oh, kids are the actual best. I got my hair coloured last week and I picked up my kids from after school care and my eight-year-old said, oh, you've dyed your hair? And I go, yeah, do you like it? And he goes, no. I was like, okay, thanks, buddy. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, have kids, they said. It's so much fun, especially when they go back to school. (laughs) Oh, good ones. I bet you are so looking forward to your little escape this weekend. I am. You know, it's, it, it is one of those one of those things, particularly with it being like after like two, the two weeks of school holidays, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go off duty for a few days now. Yeah. And, um, and it's great because I, I'm not one of those, like I don't miss them when I'm away per se, but as soon as I'm going back, I really miss them. So it's sort of like the best of both worlds. Yeah, and it's such a good thing. I think, you know, women particularly can get so bogged down in young children and forget that time for something that's important to them is imperative and it's something that I learned the really hard way a few years ago and I've already said to my partner, like, I'm targeting specific events like destination events next year because it's going to be so important for me to be able to regain that and reconnect with my community and go back to being not an incubator and not just a mum but also this person in the world because I think you know when you have young children it's really easy to forget that that's important too and that we're important too yeah yeah it is and it's and it's 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 hard too when you are you know like in that um in that first year because you can get really locked into the like well I can't do this because of you know a b and c but there are so many things that um that you can do if you make um if you make space for it you know you know like I even if it's even initially like I couldn't um when Piper was 
uh, little I couldn't uh, go outside to run because Josh was commuting and um, it would be would have been too dark but even when she was little and breastfeeding I'd head down to the 24-hour gym and just do my thing and he could always message me if it got dire if there was a dire need of breast milk <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm looking forward to being a much more well-rounded newborn mother this time you know it only took five children <laughs> but at least you're you know at least it's I always think it's you know I was always a lot more relaxed with Piper because I was a lot less neurotic because I'd done it before you know and it was I was you know, like yeah she's not sleeping right now but eventually she will sleep <laughs> yeah I think that's the thing that gets you through after you've had one you understand that nothing lasts forever and some things actually pass by far more quickly than it feels like they are at the time yeah so yeah I think it and I think it's it's good to have those things because it can be so kind of so uh physically demanding with the baby to kind of go yep this is my thing where I go off and do something that's about me and you know not and yep okay that's fine that 95% of my life revolves around a baby because that's how babies are and that's that's cool and fun and everything but I can maintain sort of a sense of myself as well Mm. yeah I'm excited about getting that maybe a little bit more right this time (laughs) (laughs) oh you know I I think that um I think that you know babies are just such giant curveballs I hope Mm. so too I know and I say that obviously having not had her yet and I know full well even in saying this at the moment I see her face everything else is going to go out the window so you know I've got good intentions though I'm laying them out there right now (laughs) yeah and 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 it's it's easy with you know um you know sometimes you just have you sort of have an idea of how things are going to be and they turn out completely different but it doesn't mean like the goal doesn't necessarily have to change sometimes the plan has to change <laughs> but that's you know, a really good way of putting it yes i think so like life really like events like everything else <laughs> exactly and speaking of that i've got to rush out the door to <laughs> pick up, pick my, up mon- children. my monkeys so as do we- i we will see a lot of you on the on the weekend, which is super exciting. And then um, we'll be back next week for another podcast. Yeah, have a great run in Melbourne if you're going to be there and make sure you come and say hi. And go to iTunes, rate and review. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Bye.